following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Friday, ladies and gentlemen. If you're hearing this, chances are Gary and I are drunk in the woods somewhere. Uh, it's Friday, we're camping, but we're still here to talk to you guys about some of the sleeper picks that we think will outperform their draft positions this year. Gary, say hi to the people. Hi, people. Uh, hopefully we've found Bigfoot by now. No, I don't know. If that, I don't think we'll find him until Sunday. Maybe not. The rodeo's on Sunday. <sighs> um... If you tuned in Wednesday, you heard us talk about players we think are going to be overdrafted, overcoveted, and will not perform well at their position. Uh, this episode, we're going to do the opposite. We're going to talk about people who are further down the board we think will outperform their draft position. People that you should be putting on your radar. Maybe taking them a round early, maybe taking them a half round early, not settling in because these guys should be performing. Uh, Gary, I think we can kind of bypass the top ten. Yeah, I think these are guys that you don't really need to talk about. I would almost even say bypassing the top uh, twenty at this situation. We we talked already somewhere in the last episode, but I would say Diggs, Ridley, and Hopkins. Diggs, Ridley, Hopkins, and AJ Brown. Those four guys, I could realistically talk myself into into uh, the factor of them being a potential early second round pick. In all reality. Um, it's something where these running backs sometimes stumble and your running back points, especially in a PPR league, your receivers are going to probably outperform them. So to me, I could take any of those four, put them probably up anywhere from 12 to 16. Gary, what do you think? Yeah, um, we were talking about Diggs, right? Yeah, you were talking about Diggs potentially being a first-rounder. Yeah, so um, how valued. I, liked, I like Diggs a little bit higher, um, especially over some of the running backs possibly. Um, let's see here. Yeah, I could take him a little bit higher. He, I think he could go as high as like the Devonta Adams, Tyreek Hill spot. I don't really know. I don't really like Travis Kelsey here at eight. So um, personally, that's just me. But yeah, I mean, I think Stephon Diggs could be a top ten ish guy, maybe. And I think it almost piggybacks, but going back with the whole factor of run or receivers being worth more in some of these PPR leagues, and I can almost talk Jeff, uh, Justin Jefferson, Michael Thomas, and Terry McLaren to being low end second-round picks instead of being mid-third-rounders Right, well. right, right. Um, I think that's the situation for me. If I'm drafting in the middle, I'm probably going running back early and two stud receivers second, third. Yeah. Because if I, could, if I could walk away with a Stephon Diggs and a Terry McLaren or Stephon Diggs and a Michael Thomas, I'm real confident in what my team can turn around and play this upcoming season. Yeah, I like McLaren, especially if Fitz gets the... Job at quarterback. I like McLaren no matter what because they have a very, very wide receiver friendly schedule this year. Um, guys that could also be drafted higher, Allen Robinson being listed here as a back half of the third round pick. I could also talk talk myself up on him. Unfortunately, he somehow always slides. I think last year I got him in the fourth round mm-hmm. and he produces. Right. Um, 
I like Robert Woods a little higher. Robert Woods, Robert Woods is one of those guys as well that everybody sleeps on him, and he always falls to being like a mid fourth round pick, and he always produces for whoever gets him there. Yep. I just never get him there. Um, I like. I think I like David Montgomery being at the end of the third round, and I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of his talent. As much as I am his schedule again in this situation. I also like Gaskins just for the fact that there's no help for him there. Yeah, they did nothing to address that situation. And providing he stays healthy. He's RB1. Yes. Getting all the carries, getting all the targets. So I, li- I like Miles Gaskins a little bit higher than where he's at right now. He's at 38. Which you're putting him as probably a low-end third-round pick. Mm-hmm. Which I, I don't dislike that at all. I think that's a, a valid and a, a smart And I, I think people are going to sleep on him because they're going to be like, Miles Gaskins, is, it's not like a name. He didn't do much last year that I saw. He didn't this, he didn't that. No, absolutely. I think it's a, 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 a situation where players don't think he's worth that high and he could shock some people. Uh, down this list, I wouldn't mind moving up Cooper Cup or Deontay Johnson. Cooper Cup, Deontay Johnson... DJ Moore, all three of them could go higher to me because I think they're all still mm-hmm. wide receiver twos. Um, Mike Davis, to me, should be higher than fifty. Mm-hmm. He yeah. is, he's in the fifth round range here. If I'm taking Mike Davis, I'd be comfortable with him in the fourth, late third. Um, TJ Hawkinson's a guy that I'd probably be comfortable with if nothing else fell my way. In the fourth round, and he's again in a fifth round pick here. I like Lockett's spot because I think Metcalf was a little bit higher, so they're considering Metcalf the number one there. Yes. I'm guessing. Lockett's in a situation where if he continues to get mainly slot work and slot duty, that he could be higher in PPR. Leagues. I mean, you're sitting here looking at it's like 51, 52, 53, Hawk, Lockett, and Chase. Not drop it? What? You, what? Oh. Hawk, Lockett, drop <laughs> <Yeah>. it? <laughs> no, um,. So you you got a pretty good choice here. Do you want to go tight end? Uh, do you want to go Lockett or Chase? I mean, either one of these three, I think, in this value is pretty good. I like all that. Uh, I wouldn't mind Kenny Galladay and Chase Edmonds higher. Kenny mm-hmm. Galladay is a guy who legitimately was drafted as a wide receiver one last year. The talent didn't go away. His hamstring went away for a year. Um, he's out of Detroit now. Mm-hmm. He, Detroit receivers notably perform pretty well when they go to the Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh the very beginning of an older Golden Tate. Chase Edmonds is a guy who I very much so think is going to be the breakout running back two of the year. And should be. fringe running back one. So to me, if I can get Chase Edmonds anything around the third, I'm anything around the fourth. He gets a lot of his points through PPR. Yes. Uh, Kareem Hunt as well. Kareem Hunt, I think I put higher on this list. I know you're not super high on him. But I put him high if I handcuff and I've got... Only this year because they're they drafted Demetric Felton. They're like, yeah, he's a running back. Yeah, uh, Josh Allen obviously we think will be higher and outperform that sixty. Especially ranking. in the Buffalo market. Yeah, in the Buffalo market, he might go in the Buffalo top market. 15, top he 20. gets discussed as the last show, mm-hmm. a bust player, and that's not saying that Josh Allen's a bad player, but it's saying where are you willing to counterbalance how highly you value him. Right. I mean, thing. if he ends up as the best fantasy player again, then you did well, but... Yes, but it's it's unfortunately it's the same exact thing as Lamar last year, Patrick Mahomes two years ago. He's the biggest rage, and especially in a, in a Western New York market where mm-hmm. everyone's going to go, I need Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. I, it's going to be a Frank pick. Yes, I thankfully have a share of him in Dynasty League, so I don't have to over-pursue Josh Allen. 
Uh, 61 being Brandon Ayuk. That's a guy who I could see being a wide receiver 24, so he's going to be a top two wide receiver who's going to get you big points down the stretch. I like that. Mm-hmm. This has him, I think, the sixth round, maybe the seventh round. This has him in the sixth round, and I would. that's another guy to be comfortable with in the fourth round, mm-hmm. two rounds I also, higher. I like T. Higgins, too. Only going to keep growing there. I like T. Higgins possibly over um, Chase for the fact that we know Higgins is going to see lesser competition if they're going to stick him in the slot or in the wide receiver two spot because they still have um, Tate, right? Yes. So Wait. No, you're thinking um, Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd, yeah. Yeah, they have um, Brandon Tate as well, but he's a returner strictly. Um, I like where he's at here in this value because I could take him a little higher too. Um, I think he's going to see a lot more targets. He connected really well with Joe Burrow last year. so Yeah, I, I, I like T. Higgins. The question mark there is which who's the odd man out. I think everybody's calling it for, to be Tyler Boyd. Um, but also could be your situation where Joe Burrow becomes a player that that gets talked about on this list mm-hmm. of someone you could probably get for better value where you get him. Uh, Dak Prescott to me as well, 73 on here. Uh, in the quarterback market, realistically that means he'll be a 8th or ninth rounder. He was on pace to be the second or first best fantasy quarterback last year. If I can pull that in the, in the ninth round at a high-end QB2, mm-hmm. sign me up all day. Um, I think I want Jerry Judy higher on this list as well. Jerry Judy coming in at pick 80. Um, I think he's going to legitimately be a threat this year. Mm-hmm. I like Russell Wilson too. Especially like right around where James Conner's at because it's like I don't value James Conner that high. Or Javante Williams. Right. See, Russ Wilson's one of my favorite players in fantasy because somehow, despite the fact that he becomes a fifth, he's he's, he's a top five fantasy mm-hmm. quarterback yearly, people sleep on him. And right. they just they go with the flashy, sexy names because Russ isn't the sexy guy anymore, but he's going to consistently put 25 points right, up a right. week. And that's how people go to championships. You, if you can get Russ in the seventh or eighth, when people start to sleep on him and people start getting crazy because they wanted to go with Matt Stafford, and you can go Russ and a high end two, yeah, you're going to be gold because you at that point have now filled out what seven rounds ahead of that mm-hmm. of probably a tight end, three running backs, three wide receivers. Okay, well you're. You're looking at a very strong top 100 players there. Um, I like Curtis Samuel a little higher on this list as well. I like what Washington's built, and I like what they have the potential to do. Uh, I kind of am eyeing up Justin Herbert higher as well. Yeah, I mean, he was Rookie of the Year for a reason. I mean, he was also Rookie of the Year because Joe Burrow got hurt, but yeah, he still had a very good year in his own right. Yeah, he was still doing really well. I, I think Justin Herbert has the potential to be a top 50 player by the, by the time everything's said and done. Yeah, now he's got Eckler back. Who's going to be a big pass-catching weapon. Uh, I'm intrigued by Kenyon Drake. Not at 88, but I know how that goes with those handcuff backs, and mm-hmm. he's got the potential to slide to like 110. That's a type of player with a, with a weird average draft position who's going to be bread and butter for you because if he's still getting a lot of the passing downs, he might not be getting more than five to six rushes mm-hmm. a game, 
But four to five catches a game is also going to be a whole other situation. Mm-hmm. If he can turn 30 yards rushing, 40 yards receiving, and five catches, that's 10 points there alone right. as a guy who's a bench rider. Plus, factor a touchdown now and then. I think he's got... He's got odd value. I like it. Um, I like Debo Samuel. Debo's going to be another guy that I think people sleep on because he had a, he had a bad year last year. Mm-hmm. I like Michael Pittman, too. I, I'm... I'm... I'm inclusive like on Michael Pittman. I like Michael Pittman because I think T.Y.'s seen his days. Better days? Mm-hmm. And you think Pittman's going to come out and be the number one I, now? I think so. I just I like Debo because I think everybody's gonna be over cocky about Brandon Ayuk. And I like Brandon Ayuk. I like both receivers there. But I think everyone's gonna forget about Debo, and that's mm-hmm. a guy who again might slide into your twelfth round where you should he has no business being because when Debo was healthy last year, Debo was good. Right. Um I'm pull up some stats on that actually real quick because I feel like he had very underrated stats. I kinda like Ryan Tannehill. Being that far down as well, because if I can get him as a as like a two, if I can get him as my backup quarterback, we're we're in for money here. I like Waddle, I like Waddle. Where Waddle's at, he's at one hundred four. So I bet you he still falls a little bit more than this because it's like Waddle Ty here. I think um, Waddle should get drafted higher, but I think he's gonna be a, one of those sleepers because everyone's gonna be like, oh, well, Tua can't throw. We'll see what happens with that. Absolutely, I'm trying to get this to load here. Uh, the, I like Noah Font. I know he's um, he's usually a top top ten, and I'd call him a top six still. And especially if he falls there. So the funny thing with Debo, where everybody kind of forgets about him, Gary, mm-hmm. uh, he missed the first three games of the season due to the injury. They eased him in against Philly and Miami. He goes for eighteen and twelve against the Rams and the Pats, who had two of the better secondaries last year. Misses the next three games, a bye week. Goes for 11 for 133 against the Rams again. 6 for 73 against the Bills, who had a pretty solid secondary. And then gets hurt the very first snap against Washington and misses the rest of the season. He only played 6 games. And he averaged almost 15 points a game when he was healthy. So Debo's a guy that, to me, if he's sliding down boards, I want him. Uh, Darnell Mooney's a guy that I think is... In the category when you got Darnell Mooney, John Brown, Michael Gallup, Darnell Mooney started to get hot down the stretch, and they threw at him a lot. Yeah. I don't mind Logan Thomas's value there, especially as a tight end, too. Yep. I like Gus Edwards. I think Gus Edwards is going to see a more 50-50 timeshare this year mm-hmm. instead of the traditional three-headed monster that Baltimore always runs. Yeah, because, I mean, Justice Hill... Hasn't shown much. So. Nope. And Mark Ingram's gone, so it's be Dobbins Edwards, I think. Uh, I like Adam Troutman if he stays at this value. Mm-hmm. If his name starts fueling heavily and people are overdrafting him, I want nothing to do with him. You but could I end really up, like him. You could end up getting an RB1 out of Tony Pollard, depending on how yeah, well Zeke does. That's got to be a handcuff or a stolen handcuff. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's like, this is my thing, though. If, if I'm going correct, I could walk out with Troutman and Font. And feel comfortable at tight ends at all points and times this year, and potentially have two top ten tight ends. Right. And wait on my tight ends there. Uh, JD McKissick, one twenty-two. Yeah, we got to see how much Jarrett Patterson pulls. Mm-hmm. But McKissick was bread and butter, certified mm-hmm. money 
going to the playoff stretch last year. He yeah. was seeing six to eight receptions a game. You um, can handcuff with Naeem Himes here. Yeah. Uh, because Jonathan Taylor, well, Naeem Himes. Most, she, of the, most of the year he was the RB1. Yeah. Giovanni Bernard here. Gio Bernard with Tom Brady throwing as a receiving back mm-hmm. might be might be the pick seventeen, your last pick of the of the of your draft that wins money for you. Right. Um, I don't know how I feel about Tevin Coleman yet. I I know that it's a hot button issue. We're not going to touch on it right now on the show. But Cole Beasley here at one thirty two. I mean the values are there. That's the thing. He was he was wide receiver twenty four last year. He hasn't disappeared from that. They've kind of gone down. He almost had a thousand yards receiving. It was like seven to eight hundred. It was, no, he was at nine hundred. He okay. was just short well, of it. I was gonna say he was. I know he was. Cole close. was just short last year. I've got him up right here. Uh, was wide receiver twenty seven last season. It's not gonna give me a full total. Damn. He had that little stretch where he he kind of disappeared. Vegas, Tennessee, Kansas City. But even so, he only had... New England kept him in check well. Seattle kept him in check, and he should have had a huge game against Seattle. And then he was over 10 points every game after that. Mm-hmm. So the just consistency out of Cole. Didn't have a whole bunch of touchdowns all last year. Um, but no, he also played on a broken leg in the back half of the year. Yeah, into the playoffs as well. I like Cole Beasley's. I kind of like Corey Davis as a late round steal. Robert Tanyan, somebody who's going to offer some upside. Amonra St. Brown is not fa- appearing on this list until one thirty-seven. That's a guy who I think has a chance to be a legitimate starter and a number one receiver there. Mm. He's going to get thrown higher on the board. But for now, in the mid-hundreds, I love him on or St. Brown. Yeah, I don't mind that value. Everybody keeps talking Terrace Marshall Jr. They've said he, that kid's looked phenomenal in camp. Um, is that going to work? It's not going to show me anything. Blake Jarwin. Again, I don't get Mike Gusecki being 145 here. If Mike Gusecki right. is legitimately being listed as a white, as a tight end mm-hmm. four or a tight end 10, I'll happily take him all day. I like Trevor Lawrence's value, too, because if you're getting Trevor Lawrence that late... And the funny thing is, everybody's going to go, well, you don't take a rookie quarterback. Guess what? People won leagues with Herbert and right. Burroughs last year. So Trevor Lawrence that late as a wide receiver three, even? Because he's the, obviously the early favorite for rookie of the year. Yeah. Uh, Matt Stafford's still down here, though. I like him. Cole Komet, you were talking him up recently, and they said he has looked tremendous in camp so far. It's almost like I... Know what I'm doing? Oh, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I, I just, I'm never a huge fan of of these the Notre Dame tight ends no, getting as much I mean, play. Everyone's I, got their qualms. Gabe Davis is a guy who, pending what goes on in camp, he might be worth something. Jameis Winston might be worth something. It's it's going to be a long off season, guys. There's going to be a lot of us talking about players that aren't going to matter at the end of the day. But there's a lot of us. Like Diami Brown jumping up boards here, one seventy one. Nico Collins, one seventy two. That's these guys in the back half that are gonna well outperform anything you can do for guys. A couple years ago, not to boast and brag, uh, in our re- redraft Gary, before you jumped back in the league when you were back at college, mm. um, I jumped Alvin Kamara on round seventeen his rookie year when he burst onto the scene and was like a top 
like yeah. 15 running back, and people were scouring for him in free agency to see that I had him. They're like, how'd you know that guy? This is what I do. This is how I make my bread and butter. You got to have those guys targeted. Pinpoint them before that there's a there's knowledge on them. I liked Stephon Diggs his rookie year with Minnesota. Mm-hmm. It's the, not just following the draft. It's following depth charts. It's checking out who's going to be productive where, who's going to be worth something where, who yeah. who's getting a good situation thrown at them. Yeah, I mean, last year I, I had Ayuk, I had Hurts. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. I had Higgins, T. Higgins. Yeah. So, I mean, when you do your research, you, you find these guys that are no ever, nobody's really going after. And, and, and that's it, though. I mean, at the same time, you're going to have your McCole Hardmans in that, in that 110 range. Um, like... Devontae Parker, Michael Gallup, these guys that might have lost jobs. Mm-hmm. T.Y. Hilton, all in that 105 range. I'll slide down and take some of these rookies instead and mm-hmm. just, okay, so I don't get T.Y. Hilton, who's going to be the 60th running or wide receiver, and I gambled on a, a rookie receiver who ended mm-hmm. up being 70th. Okay, I lost 10 positions, but I took the high flyer on a kid who was an unknown and still didn't hurt myself by taking a guy who was wide receiver 70. Um, it, it's where that's really going to start to become a thing down the stretch of how you do it. Like Trey Sermon, who's going to win the job in San Fran? Right, that's one of those things where it's like you got to wait to see. Yeah, what's going and, on. and that's the thing is. I don't know if I want anything to do with that right now. Inside your top 90, it's got Trey Sermon and. What is his name? Raheem Mostert. Right. Okay, well, which one is it? Who is it? I don't want to jump on it. I'd rather have. Whoever... Uh, it's the hot hand. It's, I'd rather not, and I've gotten sick of it, if I'm going to handcuff a player, unless it's the Cleveland running backs, because both Cleveland running backs are very strong, I'd rather have a team where I do have a Zeke, or I have an Alvin Kamara, Mm -hmm. who's going to get the lion's share of it, and it's going to be 85-15. Right. Where I know that that player's going to not have to be a home run hitter at every point in time. And if I do have to handcuff him, it's a, it's a legitimate injury risk mm-hmm. instead of me going, okay, well, who's got the hot hand this week? How many people last year had how many indie running backs and had to have been frustrated as hell? Right. Because you start Jonathan Taylor one week and Naeem Hines goes off for 29. You start Naeem Hines the next week and Jonathan Taylor goes off for 20. Mm-hmm. Okay, now well, that's just hot. another map to that. Exactly. And that's, that's where... That's where that stuff just gets so brutal at times. Mm-hmm. Hit on your guys. And, like, that's it. I think with, like, me talking of Chase Edmonds is right now it's a timeshare. It's not going to be a timeshare. J- James Conner is going to legitimately see 20 to 25%. It's going to be 75-25 at the, right. at the most, I think, there. Mike Davis is a guy. Mike Davis has no competition in Atlanta, and if he can be at least productive, other than I would say they they signed and Hawkins, but I still but don't see undrafted. He's got he's got um, not too much to worry about at the moment. And that's it. Is Mike Davis made himself look good last year? Um, I mean, in terms of fantasy production, in a non PPR standing, one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven. He had seven games above ten points. And that was with a depleted Carolina team. Mm-hmm. He he had some games where, against Atlanta, he had nine catches. In a PPR league, that would have been a 30-point week. Like, 
he was a very good receiving target, which helped benefit him as well. So that that's what you got to do. You got to know what you're building, how you're building, and why you're building. Um, but guys, I think next week we're going to finally start talking divisions and, and break down teams and players in depth with some thoughts on that. Gary, you got anything you want to say before we close the week out and we're, we're drunk? Yeah, um, league's getting there. Um, some of the people right now are drafting. I have a couple of these on a draft. So hopefully all of our um, insight will help you win some of your leagues. Absolutely, guys. And as we always say, until next time, you keep on looking for those fantasy beasts. We'll show you exactly where to find them. Peace out, guys.